you kids get to bed, I get the storyboard. Y'all tucked in? Here we go. Once upon a time, not long ago. Boys, welcome back. Episode 64 of the Booth Review Podcast, presented by TBR Sports. We are here. It's Tuesday evening, Tuesday night, and we are here with a new face on the review podcast. You all know him from Up All Night. You all know him from Trivia. You all know him from TBR, but he's never actually been on just a regular review, but we thought tonight would be a good night to just get him on for some talk, replacing the infamous Robbie Carpentier. Michael Lynch, how's it going? It's going. It's going good. Uh, No. Tuesdays are a good day. Oh, yeah. One step closer to Friday. Yeah. So it's always good. It's a good start. That's good. And one thing that Michael does not have in common with myself and the other host of this podcast tonight is that he was not deemed one of the most hated figures on TikTok this past week. Seth and I took some heat on social media, and we'll get to that in a second, but Seth is here. How How does it feel now that you are hated by the tiktok universe seth well so here's the thing right like i i i think we should hesitate to say that we got hate on tiktok because for me to get hate on tiktok don't i have to like be there to witness it like does it really you were in the video (laughs) right but like (laughs) but like does it really count as hate if i'm not even there to see it um, I don't know. I mean, if you want to get all technical about it, I guess not. But it was. It was directed at you, and and people were very upset with you and me. I'm um, sure. That's, but mostly that's you. Um. So how does it feel? Do you do you feel? What do you? What's going through your head? I mean, you haven't heard the comments. We're about to read them. But what? Free, I mean, free like, comment how, reading. <laughs> I, okay. Well, how am I supposed to feel? It's a bunch of fourteen-year-olds that got their panties in a twist. Like, what do you like? Like, like I got I got better things to worry about in my life than a bunch of 14 year old kids on some random app that I've never opened once in my life. Agreed. So like that was a point that I had, like unlike our normal audience, which we know our demographic to be like 18 to 24 year olds, a little more mature. I think the TikTok crowd's a little younger. Uh, and well, other than Vito, <laughs> who's like 30 years old. So. <laughs> Yeah, Vito was probably the exception to the young kids. He's definitely thing skewing the age range a little bit. Yeah, it's is it a skewed skewed right curve? I don't know, man. I've just been like three never, years since I took stats. I'm in stats now, and I never know. Exponential. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. No, it'd be it'd be skewed. The curve is going to be skewed left. I haven't taken stats. Well, it depends on. Well, we can't really say because we don't know where Veto lies on the thing. Well, no, no, Veto's oh, very we're going on the age. right. If, yeah, oh, on the yeah, age, right? So age scale. It, Veto's skewed all the way on the right. So it's skewed left. Yes, it is skewed left. Yeah, all I'm right. pretty sure so, the skew means that most of the data is where the skew is. Yes. Yes. I think I don't. Not sure, but um, but yeah, what I noticed in my my video at least so. For context, if you don't follow us on Instagram or follow us on TikTok, we posted two videos that were clips from our from Seth and I's last podcast, Review Episode 63, where we actually had some pretty good discussion. We talked about the NHL outdoor games, and I said that I thought the outdoor game was kind of played out and had lost its like um, charm, is is the way I put it, and it and that doing too many games in each year was a you know a cause of that. That sparked some controversy, and then Seth outdid me. 
and said that he thought that esports was more popular than the NHL. And those two combining together generated like an unreal reaction from people on TikTok. Combined, both videos got like over 10, 11,000 views. Uh, my video had almost a thousand likes and 88 comments. Seth's video had 300 likes and 105 comments. Ooh. And people, people were there was a there was a mixed bag on my video because I'm not gonna sit here and say like, oh, I didn't get any hate and Seth got all the hate. I got a lot of hate. Um, but I think it, I was pressed to find someone who agreed with you. Is is the way I'll put it, and that's not me being all. I mean, I mean, man, look, it's just are it's you harder. just gonna <laughs> you're just gonna disagree with statistics? Like well, that's that's what I said to Vito. So Vito <laughs> presented his case. First of all, a lot of these people that were like trying to make a case for for anti me and anti you, their reasons were just dumb. Like I'm I'm sorry, this proved to me that it was a younger audience when I said. I don't think the Winter Classic or the outdoor games have as much of a, you know, novelty anymore because they're doing so many in a year. A lot of people's first reaction was to say, hey, I still like it. Like, I watch it. Okay. I never, my argument is not that nobody likes the Winter Classic. I still like the Winter Classic. I still watch the game. Everyone was like, yeah, but you can't tell me that you didn't watch the game this past weekend. It's like, no, I'm not saying I didn't. But just saying that you do something does not mean that the population at large does something it's going back like, to stats. It's a small sample size. Like just because yeah. my favorite show right now that I'm binging on Netflix is the crown, just because I'm watching the crown does not make it the most popular show in the world. Like if I were to try and say that it was the best show, an objective argument would not be. I like it. That's personal preference. That's not like statistics or, or proving an argument. You're just saying that you like it. And that's what I said to Vito. That was basically Vito's argument was like, oh, I like it. And I was like, OK, well, here are the stats of, that that say that it's not doing as well. And he goes, well, those are wrong. They're from 2014. And I was like, yeah, OK. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like you you watched that game, but you probably watched that game because you kind of wanted to see how the outdoor game like was going to be like done, especially after the game before got like postponed or whatever. Cause you know, see how they were going to be able to pull it off, but you weren't watching it because it was an outdoor game. You're watching it because the Bruins were playing, right? Like that's, right. that's why I was watching it. I didn't watch the other game. I watched the Bruins game because the Bruins exactly. were playing and they were wearing the reverse retros for the first time. Like that was what yes. drew me to that game. And then to my point in, you know, in my video that's up there, in no way do I think that esports should be more popular than the NHL. In no way do I want it to be more popular than the NHL. I've never watched an esports event ever, right? And I probably will not watch one ever. Like, I just have no interest in doing it, right? Yeah. I will watch the NHL. I have watched the NHL, and I will continue to watch the NHL into the near and far future that doesn't make the stats any different, right? Like I, I literally brought it up. It was 500 plus million or whatever it was viewers for esports, And even with the most watched NHL games, if you multiply that by the total number of games, they're not bringing up to the same numbers as esports were from a viewership standpoint there. And you know, statistics, this is not my stats. I did not go out and collect this. This is like real people who do actual statistics for a living. I mean, yeah. it's just numbers, dude. Yeah, and <laughs> we'll get into it late after we go through the TikTok drama 
the main point of the episode, one of the main points of the episode, we're going to continue the conversation about the major four sports and where we think each league lines up in leagues that are that are trailing or esports where they you know fit into the picture. But we can't not respond to some of these comments. Right. And Seth, I'm going to give you an I opportunity. Also, I, I feel like I feel like what's going to happen here is I'm going to respond to these and the next reaction is going to be like the um, uh, what show is Homer Simpson on? Uh, the Simpsons. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good call. <laughs> I don't watch the show. Uh, <laughs> Dude, it's in his name. <laughs> Whatever. So, like, you know the old guy in that and how there's, like, the newspaper and it's, like, old man shakes fists at, you know, like, young kids or whatever? Yes. I feel like that's what we're going to have, right? And I'm the old man and all the TikTok childrens are the... Uh... I think you just proved that by asking me what you just asked me. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, that was just, I wasn't a, like, a lot of people were, like, in the South Park and into the Simpsons and into Family Guy and Bob's Burgers and whatever. I never watched any of those shows. Just wasn't something that I was interested in. So I don't know, like. What's that What's that show that Jerry Seinfeld's on? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So we're, we're going to go through the comments only on Seth's video because mine, it's kind of redundant. Everyone said, like, no, I like the outdoor games and then. In my head, I was like, okay, well, that means absolutely nothing to me. Um, and I also gave Vito Visconti the opportunity to come on the podcast and, like, actually have a conversation about it. But I don't know. Maybe maybe he thought that he'd, he'd won by telling me my stats were wrong. My, my numbers and figures that I'd pulled from official ratings databases were wrong. So he wins. Um, but we're going to go through the comments on Seth's video because there are some good ones on here. Um we're just going to do a quick scroll and I'll pick out some of the some of the good ones. So CXM M Pat Life, CXM Pat Life says, fire that man. And that was very tempting uh, because when a <laughs> random person, when a random person comes to you on social media and asks you to get rid of 25 percent of your podcast staff, you really have to take it into consideration. So I, you know, I took a 20 on it. I slept on it. I thought about it. But no, I am. I am not going to uh, I'm not going to fire Seth. He's not even a salaried employee. None of us are. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, next person. We got a lot of these. This is a cold take. Um, do you think that it's a cold take? I mean, you might be wrong, but I think it's a hot take. If anything, I don't think it's a cold take. I, I'm confused as to what the definition of a cold take is i'm not gonna lie because i know that a hot take is something that's like controversial and like you know net well think I the opposite yeah okay it's so it's like, like you're saying it and it's like whatever like okay like this is right stupid. i feel like a cold take is something that's just obvious like yeah. um alex ovechkin is the best goal scorer in the so NHL. that's not hot like it's not a hot take it's debatable but it's not a hot take hot take would be would be me saying jake debrusque is the best nhl player Wait, but I also like I feel like it's an like a like an, it's supposed to be an insult, right? But at the same time, like if you're telling me that my take is like obvious, then if it's obvious, then it's obviously right. No, I I think an obvious thing is more like some, it's a hot take is something that's supposed to be risky and something that's supposed to spark a reaction. Like a cold take is just something that's like okay, like a lot of other people think that pretty mundane, pretty bland. I don't think this is cold. I think if anything, it's very hot. It might be, yeah. it might be unpopular and you know viewed as wrong by many. Yeah. But I think it's a hot take. I don't know. 
According um, to Urban Dictionary, a cool take is having a trash opinion on something in sports. Okay, so maybe. Maybe it I, is a cold take. Then. Maybe that is considered a cold take. Maybe, maybe a, like a wrong opinion or like something that people consider a terrible take is another way of saying a cold take. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, Speaking. Next comment, though. Um, this one, this one was good. We got a few of these, which I was not aware of this. So some guy, his Instagram, or sorry, his TikTok name is some guy creeping. And he okay. says, buddy watched a Gary V video. Form your own opinion. Don't just re-speak everything everyone else says. I mean, like, I said that I saw it somewhere, didn't I? I saw it somewhere. I don't know that. I don't know. You might have an image just like eluded my brain, but I saw a bunch of these comments. Everyone was like, you stole this from Gary V. Someone else was like, someone else was like, oh, this podcast is just a ripoff of Gary V. And I was, first of all, I didn't, I didn't even see the video. Like I, I didn't even so know I that it was. Saw, a thing. I saw the clip of it somewhere on Instagram. That's where I like heard about it. But I also did the research on my own. Yeah. Like, like, I think that's where the, the idea of, oh, esports might be more popular popped into my brain. And so I heard it before and I just backed myself up with stats. I don't like what, what, what am I supposed to do? Sit here and hear you talking about how popularity has gone down and not say, yeah, it might have just been surpassed by esports. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is like, who cares if like Gary V said it? I'm sure he wasn't the first person ever to like consider the idea that esports might be more popular than the NHL. Like, and we have a podcast and it's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want, but everyone like automatically assumes. I also that, like, don't know who Gary V is. Oh, like that might've been who I saw. He's an him. entrepreneur. Okay. I was walking through the park one day and this young girl came up. <laughs> <laughs> what a great quote. No, I think, um, <laughs> no, I saw it on Instagram. So I want to say it was like bar down that showed a, a clip of something. And that's how I saw it. But no, I did the research on my own to like actually back it up. Like that wasn't a, uh, I'm just regurgitating, you know, something that someone else said. No, it was, uh, oh, he said that. I looked it up. It's factually accurate. And so I shared it on the podcast because we discussed how the NHL was declining in popularity due to their bad outdoor games. So sorry to Gary V for potentially <laughs> accidentally taking his take. But I mean, like, it's we're not like barred from talking about things that other people talk about. Like, I don't I didn't see it, but I just saw a lot of people that was like, oh, these guys definitely just saw a Gary V video and decided to record a podcast. They were talking like this was our first ever podcast. Like that, we know. didn't have any original ideas ever. And then all of a sudden decided to start a podcast based off of something Gary V said. A lot of people were just assuming that that 30 second clip was the whole show. Um, right. And I, a bunch of people were like, this is the dumbest podcast ever. It's like, you've listened to 30 seconds of it, that the episode is like an hour and 45 minutes long. And I, I even got one person to listen to the episode because they gave me so much shit. I was like, well, why don't you listen to the whole episode? Kimasabi. Yeah. All right. Next one. I don't know how you're going to feel about this. From Poe Millo 29. Oh, I love Bro. this one. <laughs> I love this one. Which he already knows it. Yeah, I knew, I remember this one. Bro, Seth is just someone you want to punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine. Oh, wait, I found the. It, okay, uh, first off, it was Gary V. I just found the post from <laughs> February 17th on Bar Down. There it is. I found it. Yeah, it's him. <laughs> there. Yeah. So how do you feel about Poe Millo 29 wanting to punch you square in the face? I mean, does he have a profile pic? 
Um, yeah, players. hockey player. Okay, <laughs> He's well, got a Snapchat in his bio. We could add him. <laughs> hang on, what's Snapchat? What's Snapchat? I'm adding him right now. Dylan. Oh my God, Zach. he's like Pomillo seventy seven. Are you gonna how, like? How, how do you how do you spell Pomillo? P O and then M I L L O. M I L L O. How Here's do you spell Dylan? Dylan, just like the, everyone spells Dylan. D Y L A N. Oh, okay. That was not as in Bob, I... as in Jacob. <laughs> Dylan. Here's Pomillo. the thing, Seth. I found so it's P O M I L L O, right? Yeah, seventy seven. Oh, 77. Here's the thing, Seth. This kid, from the looks of it, granted, he's, we don't know who he is. He just commented on our TikTok page. He was very angry with you, very upset. Yes. Here's the thing. You're probably like six years older than him. I would argue that. Yes. But he did threaten to punch you in the face. So, like, so here's how I are you going to step right? up he's to like the a... table or are you going to take the high road? See if I can. Oh, oh, here we go. I Dude, that'd be him. so funny if you messaged him and was like, bro, let's fight. <laughs> He's going to have no idea who He's you are. From gonna... Nebraska. It's a good start. <laughs> Looks like we got a little beef with the Cornhuskers. <laughs> I, I mean, think Seth wants to fight this kid. This kid's like four. <laughs> yeah, he dead ass is four. Like, I'm not even, he's not even kidding. He's this is one of, this tiny child. Dude, what? All right. While you're doing that, I'm going to read through some other ones that are similar. Do these kids not realize that I'm like a full grown human being? Like, I look, I don't think the beard shows it enough. I, I, I think you need more to prove your point. I love I, beard. Keep it forever. Like, like, <laughs> I'm so confused. It's not personal. All right. Here's the here's the net here. I'm just going to run through a few <laughs> rapid fire. This guy might be special needs. Shut your mouth. Sir. Actually, 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 someone. <laughs> so the special needs one's funny because senior year. Because I have it. <laughs> no. That's where I thought he was going. I was like, uh. <laughs> like, that's funny because I am. <laughs> senior year, Robbie Carpentier told me, you know, Robbie Carpentier, you Ooh. guys know Robbie Carpentier. I, you know, <laughs> um, he told me. You mean, mean my closest, kid. dearest friend? Yes. Yeah. The only reason why Jake Spaulding had started to be so nice to me, which was for a very brief period of time, was because he thought I was special needs. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, good, good stuff. All right. Um, so not shut, the first time I've gotten that one. Shut your mouth, Seth. Um, Seth mm-hmm. talking out his butt respectfully. Um, respectfully. <laughs> I don't know if they meant what they were trying to be respectful or if you were trying to not sure. Probably, probably them. Someone put this in quotes, based, and then end quote, fuck don't, off. Don't know what that means. You said the word based off of statistics, and they were they were saying that you were trying. I What I gather from the comment was that they were trying to say that you were trying to appear more intelligent on your cold take by using words like based and upon. And so they told you to fuck off because of it. Well, I mean... What else am I supposed to say? Per Statista. Statista. Nice. <laughs> no, well, that was the name of the place. That was, no, that was where the stats came from. 
I was like, like what, are, what? Based upon these stats that I like, what, what do you want me to say instead? Hey, I'm I not. I don't. I don't have an issue with the based. They did. No, I'm. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> responding to you. I'm responding to the children. It's one. One person actually gave you kudos. One person goes, "Wow, this is an interesting take." Thanks. It's another what, what, podcast. What's, what's that person's name? Kegra Media Pods. Thank you, Kegra Media Pods. Uh, someone said bad take. Someone said you're bugging. This one bothered me because they did it on both posts. They said filmed on flip phone. Pausa people. We Skype each other. Like, I, sorry, we don't each have like webcams set up above like, our computer. Yeah. Like, like we're Skyping each other and we just take the Skype recording. And they said filmed on flip phone. We've gotten this this comment quite a few times from people on our Instagram too that were like, oh, this quality is so bad. It's like, well, it's over what, Skype. What do you, like, you expect me to do? Like, I, I'm not I'm not Quentin Tarantino shooting a movie over here. It's a podcast. You're not meant to watch it. You're meant to listen to it. But this person's username is user 13696938. So when they commented it on the original, I said, nice username, real original. And then they told me to fuck off. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Class. Nice. It's great. It's like fighting with a bunch of middle schoolers because you are. Um, yeah. A lot of people said that esports wasn't actually a sport. A lot of people also which I kind of agree with said that you didn't specify an esports league because there are multiple. I don't know enough about esports to know that I literally Googled esports viewership so, and it lumped it all in one. One person DM'd us on TikTok and I responded to it. Um, they thought I was you at first and I was like, don't worry. It's, it's not him. And they basically said that your comparison was like saying, European soccer is more popular than the NHL, but European soccer has the Premier League, the Bundesliga, gotcha. A. So they wanted you to specify. That's, um, fair. That, that, that's fair. You know, that comes from me not yeah. being super knowledgeable about esports. But then again, if you Google esports viewership, it just lumps them all in one. So. Mm -hmm. If that's what they're calling esports, that's what they're calling. Yeah. So they said this is this was them. They said it's kind of a weird argument. Esports isn't a specific league. You're comparing the popularity of every competitive video game to the popularity of a hockey league. That's what they said. Um, someone said Seth off the Molly. I got a kick out of that one. Yeah, because um, I don't do drugs. That's a good one. Well, it's, you know, uh, and then this person who we got into a mad beef with. They go. Oh. Being on network TV is not a determination of popularity. There are countless outlets to watch esports. They don't need TV. So I just said what you just said was basically that money doesn't determine wealth. Being on network TV is not a determination of popularity. Well, in a way it is. If if you're on NBC, you're not unpopular, you know? So right. they said, bro, TV is not directly correlated with financial success. This is when I knew I was arguing with a 14 year old because I was using a different analogy and they were thinking that I was saying the wealth of the NHL. Uh, look at platforms like Twitch where esports are streamed on. Additionally, internationally, esport will take over quicker than you think. And then I said, if esports was more successful than the NHL, we broadcast nationally, whatever. And then he goes, LOL, dude, whatever you say, bro, prob don't want to consider it because you don't want to seem like a nerd. Absolute goof. And then someone jumps to our defense. There's a lot there. And says, no, bro, esports can't afford to be on NBC. It's a top three broadcasting network in the entire country. So, yes, being on NBC sports does matter. Goof. So I said, thank you. And then they said, goof, they ain't going to waste money on NBC when they do fine on their own platforms. 
And then, so that was responding to the guy who came to our defense. Little confusing to follow. Then they follow up and they go, ain't big enough for a burner, bro. What does that mean? They thought that this random guy was our burner account. You know how like Kyrie and KD did that and they got caught doing it? Where like people would tweet about KD and Kyrie and be like, KD sucks, Kyrie sucks. And this random account like user one, two, four, five, six would be like, no, KD's the best basketball player ever. And it just turned out to be Kevin Durant on a burner account. Yeah. They thought that we had a burner account and were using this guy's account to like respond, even though I was already responding on TBR's main account. Like that makes no sense at all. That'd be like using the KD analogy. If someone tweeted shit about KD and was like, KD sucks. And then KD on his main account responded. He was like, I don't suck. And then they responded. They're like, yes, you do. And then KD used his burner to respond to them. Yeah, it's just a waste of time. And also, why would we have a burner? Like, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't care. And also, yeah. why would I name my burner like another person's name? Like, this guy's yeah. name is Michael Capola. Like, why would I name a burner just a random name? I don't know. Um, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of those. Uh, someone wanted you to take it back. Um, I don't know that you will. Take <laughs> it back. Probably won't, given that I found the statistics to back me up. So. Her statista. Fair her enough. Her statista. But yeah, Based that was just on statistics. That was that was um, last Thursday was pretty chaotic when you have a TikTok that's blowing up at the same time, like all of our social medias were blowing up because we got a DM from the Arizona Coyotes goalie, Aiden Hill, which was sick. Wild. And then um, what else happened that day? I forget. I mean, the TikToks were blowing up. Oh, I cashed oh, my parlay. Yeah. Yeah, I had a big parlay that hit. That Didn't, was, wasn't that the same day that a uh, tiger had his thing? Yes. That, yeah. yeah. That, that was earlier in that day, I think. Um, well, we didn't hear about it until late afternoon. Right? We didn't hear about it until like it, ha- it happened, happened in the morning. morning, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see all the comments, even though they were hate comments. And, you know, sometimes you get bothered by people like calling yeah. you out, especially like Vito, who just like presented the worst argument ever. I mean, look, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's all a bunch of like 12 year olds. I did add that Dylan kid on Snapchat. I'm just be like, so want to punch me in the face? Like, wanna punch see what he says? <laughs> See what happens. Um, no, I don't care. I don't. It's cool to see. It's good for the brand. Yeah, it's good that people are actually like paying attention and listening. Like, if anything, I'm taking from this is like people actually pay attention to what I say, which is kind of cool. Feels good. So yeah, yeah, it was cool to just like see them use our names. You know, like when people were like, "Seth is bugging." I was like, you know, these are random people that are like starting to use our names and like understand the people on the show a little bit. So. TikTok I think, is, to, is a big to all of you, you 14 year old children. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to our podcast, for following us on TikTok. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. While, we're, while we're on the topic of, of yeah. responding to hate comments, just very quickly, I just want to throw this in there. So Jordan Bennington the other night was pulled from the game. Did you guys see his video? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he starts like fake punching people <laughs> yeah, i don't even know like this was his blocker he was like yeah but he like didn't hit people but then he went to dubnik and like shoved dubnik with his glove it was it was the weirdest thing basically jordan bennington boy wonder for one year got pulled from the game and he was on the opposite end of the ice as to where the uh exit door was so he had to skate past 
the Sharks bench, the Blues bench, the Sharks players, the Blues players. He had to skate past everybody, you know, skate of shame, as it yeah. were. And on his way out of the game, after letting up four goals in, like, what was it, the first period or the second period? I don't know. After letting up four goals, four goals on 19 shots, uh, he was pulled. And he's leaving the game, and he, like, goes over to the Sharks bench and, like, pretends to hit somebody and then goes past another Sharks player, pretends to hit them, starts chirping with somebody else, and then goes to Devin Dubnik, the goalie for the Sharks, and shoves him and then leaves the ice. Um, so of course I had to speak my piece on Instagram. So I said, had one good playoff run, go back to the AHL. <laughs> and yeah, that's a pretty passionately driven statement because I think that Jordan Bennington robbed us of a Stanley cup in he game did. seven. Uh, and then this guy just has disappeared. Like where was, where was the game seven Bennington that we saw, uh, in Boston that night? I don't know. Letting up four goals on 19 shots, kind of soft. So I said, had one good playoff run, go back to the AHL. It's the top comment on the post, by the way. And then Insta Dave Smith replies, one good playoff in air quotes. His name is on the cup and he holds an unbreakable NHL record. Who the fuck do you think you are, child? And I sent Lynchy this. By far my greatest comeback ever. It just like served up on a silver platter for me. I go... My comment has more likes than you have followers. What a cheesy remark, you squid. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. That might be my single greatest comment of all time. So what a cheesy remark, you squid. (laughs) I I will point out that you were absolutely right. When you look at his stats, his rookie. Well, I don't know. Yeah, it's probably what's officially considered his rookie year, right? 24 wins, five losses, one loss in a shootout. 927 save percentage, buck 89 goals against average. Unreal. Five um, shutouts. Something that I've never seen before, a quality start percentage of 66.7%. The next year drops down to 91% save percentage, 56% quality starts, jumps all the way up to a 256 goals against average. This year, 909, 266 goals against average. So his stats in everything that matters, which is save percentage and goals against, have done nothing but gotten worse for the past two years. Thank you, Seth. I always knew that your stats were going to come in handy one day, and they have. Uh, So thank you for that. But yeah, I just wanted to tell everyone that I had a sick comeback on Instagram. All right, let's talk about, let's get into the actual, you know, episode now that we've responded, gotten it all out of our system. There's an actual episode here? There is, yes. <laughs> no, did you think that was it? We were just coming on to talk shit and then leave? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> no, we've got lots of stuff happening in the sports world today, Seth. Um, let's start with number one. Yesterday, J.J. Watt signed with the Cardinals. Or, yeah, yesterday, J.J. Watt announced that he was signing with the Cardinals. Not a big deal, but we called it on episode 63. Um, Thoughts about this move? I'll I'll just say this. It definitely makes them better. And like I said, when I was arguing for this to happen on episode 63, I said the Cardinals are a bubble team where they're, like, good, but they're not, like, there yet. I don't think that J.J. Watt makes them an automatic Super Bowl contender. I don't think that it makes them an NFC champion contender, but I do think that it makes them a wild card team, maybe even a a top seeded playoff team. But I still don't think that they have enough experience in the postseason to be serious contenders 
for the Super Bowl. That's my two cents on it. What do you guys think? So Arizona is going to end up being second place in the NFC West, I think, or first next year. To, to who? See, that's where this is interesting. Because, because every I other think team was, could be first. <laughs> well, so, well, other than the 49ers. Um, you never know. Right. Sure. Whatever. Um, this might have been one of the smartest football moves I've seen a team make. What has Russell Wilson been complaining about for the past hmm. two months in his trade rumors? I'm um, getting protections <laughs> too much. Yeah. My protection isn't good enough. That's what so did true. the Cardinals just do? Bring one yet another one of the best pass rushers in the NFL into the NFC West. Yeah. They just made it that much more undesirable for Russell Wilson to be in that division. I'm not saying he's going to get traded, but this could be the thing that pushes that over the edge. This is a brilliant move. Forget about what it does on the field. It's what it's going to potentially do to other teams. That could be what's going on here. And then that's the other thing. And, you know, forget about, say Russell Wilson doesn't even get traded. This affects the Seahawks plans, right? Because their quarterback, they know they don't want to trade him. Like, like if you're the Seahawks, realistically, why would you want to trade Russell Wilson? You have no good reason to. So you know that you have to improve your offensive line. Now that's getting even bigger need for you. So you can't focus on going out and getting receivers or d- defense is probably the biggest issue on that team other than the pass protection right now, right? So there, there are other positional needs that you can't fill anymore because of how much you now have to focus on the line because you have yet another pass rusher to worry about. You already have Aaron Donald. You already have Bosa, depending on how well he comes back. You already have Chandler Jones, who's led the league in sacks before, right? Like now you have J.J. Watt. They're going to have to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael, thoughts? Um, We know football isn't my thing, but like immediately <laughs> when I saw J.J. Watt sign, like to me, I think it's a good move from the Cardinals to pursue that because it gives them more options to like focus on other positional needs to make them more than just a bubble team. Like you were saying, Yeah. like I know that they like have a solid offense, but like, and they have like a pretty solid defense as well, but like they lost to the Patriots, right? Yeah. This, this past year, did, like yeah. if you want to be a playoff team, you can't lose to the 20, the 2021 20, Patriots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they need to focus on their defense, getting Watt. He might not be the same JJ Watt as he was when he was tearing up the league, but he's still JJ Watt. Right. And yeah. there's no there's no say that he's not going to be able to be as good as he ever was. You know, he's still a freaking great athlete. So I think it's good for the Cardinals because it gives them more options throughout the rest of their franchise and the rest of their like team to build on other positional like areas that will like help them definitely, hopefully, in their sake, be more than just a bubble team. Yeah, I agree. What's going to be interesting for me that I've been thinking about was that we don't know what we're going to get with this. Cardinals team and when JJ Watt was going through the free agency process which by the way it was like so dumb how everybody was like trying to decode his Twitter and like his Peloton account like that was also BS like trying to predict where he was gonna go I didn't think he was that big of a free agent it was like it was like a free agency frenzy everyone was trying to figure out like what his Instagram posts meant and like everyone was convinced he was going to Buffalo because he posted a picture of him squatting like 315 pounds. And apparently the Buffalo area code is 315. That's a little bit of a stretch. And he ended up not going there. But um, but I think he picked the one team where we don't know for sure what we're going to get. 
because he on the like this team, the Cardinals aren't that much different than than the Texans teams that he's been on. I don't think um, I don't know the Texans. You had Deshaun Watson. You had DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I mean, they didn't really have a run game. Lamar Miller was there for a while who was like, OK, he wasn't mm-hmm. great. Uh, they had David Johnson this year, but they didn't have DeAndre Hopkins. And then on defense, you had like Bradley Roby for a time. You had J.J. Watt. You had a good team there uh, that just never could really get it done. I think if you went to a team like Buffalo, a team like Cleveland, even a team like Pittsburgh, we kind of know that like, yeah, J.J. Watt's going to come in and make like a huge difference for this team. But and this isn't a product of J.J. Watt, but like it's the same thing. Now you have DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt and Kyler Murray, a team that doesn't really have an established run game. And they don't have a ton of pieces on defense other than Buda Baker. Um, I don't know. It's kind of screaming Houston Texans to me all over again, just in, just in a, a, a new uniform. Cliff Kingsbury is not that great of a coach. Is he is he different from the Bill O'Brien years in Houston? I don't know. I, I don't know what we're going to get out of this team. Like, I can't say for sure. Like, if he had gone to Pittsburgh, I'd be like, yeah. Obviously, that's a huge move for the Steelers. Like, I think it is a huge move for the Cardinals, but I don't know that Cliff Kingsbury is going to work it the right way because, you know, he gets fired from Texas Tech and then gets a head coaching job in the NFL. And that's why the Cardinals are a bubble team. But I don't know. I, well, I, I mean, really don't. <laughs> you mentioned the whole Texas Tech thing, right? Like we're talking about the guy. I mean, didn't he have a losing record when he had Mahomes as his quarterback? And like, I know yeah. that we're fairly critical about Mahomes on this podcast, but he's, you Very. know, pretty squarely in that top five, top 10 in the NFL right now. Yeah. I mean, and, that's you know, an opinion. He's been, right, he's well, been he did have the, he did have a top a hundred play that was an incompletion. So <laughs> he did, didn't he? Right now. Fuck um, the NFL for that. Fuck right, so he, he's like, you know, incompletion. A, right. Indictment on him. But right. You look through JJ Watts best years and his best single year is probably 2012, 20 and a half sacks, 39 tackles for loss, which is his highest in his entire career, 81 combo tackles, highest in his entire career, 69 solo, highest in his entire career. Um, you know, so like that's statistically his best year, but then his best stretch is probably from 14, 13, 14, 15. And then, you know, after that injury issues and then 2018 um, has um, a full season, gets 16 sacks, right? So 14, 15, and 18, 20 and a half sacks, 17 and a half sacks, 16 sacks. What's different between those three years and every other single year that he was there in Houston? Um, I don't know, but I'm going to guess a playoff. No, Jadavion Clowney was on the line with him. Oh, and that's the big thing. Jadavion mm-hmm. Clowney, as much as he kind of has tailed off, mm-hmm. was still someone who you had to pay attention to. And one of those years, he had Vince Wilfork with him as well. That's another guy that you have to pay attention to. So the fact that he's going to a team now where he's going to have help on the defensive line, don't be surprised if J.J. Watt comes out and has a double-digit sack season or a high-teens sack yeah. season. I don't know that you can find this for me, but of those of those years, like like I remember the Texans had maybe one or two playoff runs. Like when were those years that they had playoff runs? Were any of those years that you just said the years that they were in the playoffs? So because I agree that I think JJ Watt can have a very good year, but just for this Cardinals team, like 
J- the, like that was the issue in Houston was like they had all these great players that just couldn't get anything done. And I'm kind of seeing a similar like theme going on in right. Arizona where so Kyler made, Murray was a number one draft pick, great quarterback, like up there for like top young quarterbacks in the game. DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the number one receiver. But, you know, they're still not in the playoffs. The only year that he didn't have a top four career sack number and make the playoffs was was 2014. 2014, he had 20 and a half sacks, didn't make the playoffs. But in 2012, 20 and a half playoffs. 2015, 17 and a half playoffs. 18, 16 playoffs. Okay. So... They were making playoffs in most of the years that he was playing well. I think I think this is I think this move is the one that's gonna catapult the Cardinals over that bubble of being on the outside looking in and into the playoffs. I just think that I think I said this word for word on the last episode too, that I don't think JJ Watts enough for the Cardinals. I think he would be enough for the Bills. He would be enough for the Steelers. He would be enough for the Browns. I don't think he's enough for the Cardinals. They need to do something else if they want to make that jump. But in the long term, like, like, no, I don't think the Cardinals are autom- automatic playoff bids right now. But in the long term, you could probably see them back in a Super Bowl. Well, also, I mean, <laughs> the thing with this move that I think helps a lot is, you know, obviously it's an upgrade at defensive line, but it affects your, the other areas of your game. Right. Because it's going to end up making up for an aging Patrick Peterson. You know, there's other guys. You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert on their secondary, but. I think the last time I saw it wasn't all that spectacular and having a really solid front seven definitely takes the pressure off there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, having that extra guy that's going to do nothing but help the team. I think they could use another corner, probably use a stronger running game. I think, I think it's on the offensive side of the ball where you're going to make your difference. I think, I think you need to add more, a better depth receiver. Christian Kirk is good, but playing alongside Deandre Hopkins, that's not great. Um, and it was kind of the same story in Houston. Uh, you could argue that like Will Fuller, Will Fuller V was, was making an impact, but he wasn't a good two man for Deandre Hopkins, especially when you have Deshaun Watson throwing you the football, um, kind of their offense right now. And just the situation in general kind of screams Houston Texans to me, which is, which is odd because like, I know I predicted that he was going to go to Arizona. And I think that I more said that because Deandre was there. And I think those two felt they got snubbed in Houston, but it's weird that he's leaving Houston for a, for a system so similar to Arizona to. Yeah. I didn't say that right. No, you swapped the cities. It's, it's odd that he's leaving Houston to go to a system that is very so similar, similar to that yeah. in Houston, right? Yes. And that is that of Arizona. Mm-hmm. I, I I felt like if you were going to make, and, and obviously the Texans organization is falling apart right now, so I understand wanting to jump ship. But I feel like if you're a big, you know, still relevant, still talented player like J.J. Watt, and you're going to make this big splash in free agency and you're getting the hell out of Houston, you don't go to a team that has the potential to just be the same thing that the Texans have been for the past five years, which is yeah. mediocre at best. I feel like I, I was expecting like a, like a Steelers or a bills or like a surprise, like one of those top teams like bears or something like that. A little more of like a flashy sounding team. The Cardinals are kind of boring, kind of like the Texans, both boring teams, boring colors too. Um, 
we mentioned Russell Wilson. I want to talk about Russell Wilson for a second. Did he request a trade or, or not? Because I'm confused as to his wording of, of this. <laughs> Ever so subtly he is. I tell, like, that's how I think. So Russell Wilson goes to the Seahawks and he goes, I don't want to be traded, but if you were to trade me, here are four teams that I'd really like to be traded. Yeah. So, yes, Russell, you're requesting a trade. That'd be like me in December going to my mom and saying, I don't want you to get me any gifts for Christmas this year. But if you wanted to get me gifts, here's a list of the 30 things that I want. You know, like, obviously, at that point, I fucking want gifts. Russell Wilson wants to get traded. Like, you can't just say, hey, I don't want to get traded. But if you want to trade me, here are my top four, you know, teams that are Well, I mean, the thing with that, too, is, is, you know, all we were hearing was like his camp was telling the Seahawks and then, he's and then he came out and said it. <laughs> right and then it's like the, Russell Wilson is becoming increasingly unhappy with the pass protection situation honestly would not be surprised if it was somebody in his quote unquote camp whatever the hell that means right yeah, what does that mean it, it's like i imagine agent, it's his agent and, best yeah. friend his wife yeah. so, um like that yeah. type of thing and so I imagine somebody got in his little ear and was like, hey, hey, Russell, you know what's really cool? Chicago. Whoever the fuck said that to him? Like, yeah, what no. are you smoking? Well, the teams that li- he listed, too. I feel like if you're Russell Wilson, you're trying to win again at this point in your career. Right. None of them can win. <laughs> so what were the teams short of the Bears? Because I, I the only one Chicago, I can. Chicago, Miami. Um. Miami was okay this year. Yeah, no. Yeah, but they're, I feel like they always have like quarterbacks like coming in and out of that place. Right. Well, yeah. so, so my thing with Miami is what, what did they finish this year? Were they they're they were just us. outside wild card, right? And they were yes. like, they, yeah, they missed the wild card by like a game or two. Yeah, you're telling me that Russell Wilson doesn't get them an extra three wins? Yeah, but who um, does he have though? No, I'm saying he uh, doesn't. You, but you don't, you don't, th- you don't think that pl- plug and play. You literally just take out Tua and Fitz, and you put in Russell Wilson. He doesn't get them an extra, you know, th- three, two, three wins. That's all they need to make the playoffs, right? Is an extra two or three wins. I feel like Wilson has always had options though in Seattle. Yeah, that's the yeah the receiving core in Seattle. I mean, I, I don't want to knock Russell Wilson, but I'd agree with Lynch. I think that like who's your top receiver in Miami? I. Devontae right. Parker, and he's hurt like 90% yeah, of the time. Yeah, but I mean, are we really I, I trying see, to pretend that he's been not as good as like, like th- think about the, the receivers that he had when they were winning. It was like Jermaine Curse, Tyler Lockett, right? Yeah. Like Doug Baldwin. Oh, whoa. Tyler Lockett's pretty good receiver. <laughs> inconsistent at best. Um, Doug Baldwin, too, not the greatest. Yeah, but you world. could also, like, I'm kind of like, I'm in between both, like, Going off of Seth's point, you can also say that pop, there's a possibility that Wilson is one of the reasons that Lockett was able to, you know, succeed so much. And it's like, I don't know anything about the Dolphins, but I know that when you think of the Dolphins, they're not, they don't have anybody flashy or anyone that you can say, okay, well, you know, especially in like the wide receiver in their offense or anybody that it's like, okay, you know, that might be a good fit for any quarterback to. I also think to. this this Dolphins team this year was just a complete fluke. Oh, I really yeah. do. 
I don't think they're I don't think they're well coached. They just released Van Noy, which makes Bring no sense to me Bring, at all. He'll come, come back come to New England. Back to New England, please. He's one of those guys that just like, won't every succeed time. anywhere else. Yeah. Dude, like, look at like Jamie Collins. When Jamie Collins leaves and goes to Detroit, right? Like he's not nearly as good. Same thing when back. he left and went to Cleveland and then came back. Right. Like he just wasn't as good. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll they'll bring Van Noy back. There's something sure. about that Belichick defense that just creates guys that work really well inside of it and not really well anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other team I'm remembering, too, I know that there was the Raiders. I know that there was the Dolphins. I know that there was the Bears. And then there was one more. I think it was like a big city team. I don't want it definitely wasn't Jets, even though that's been floated around. Giants. No, I don't know if it was a New York team or if it was like Philly or something. So according to Adam Schefter, it is Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, Cowboys. Raiders. Yeah, Dallas. That makes sense. But yeah, I mean, look, I if I'm him, I would 100 percent go to Dallas. If I'm him, I'm 100 percent. I would go to the Saints. Well, if he goes to Dallas, then what are they going to trade for Dak Prescott? It pro- I imagine that would be the trade. Dak They're the same player. Mm. Yes. Russell same exact, same exact player, same, same. What would you say? He's a little more what? Like faster, scrappier. He moves. I think he moves Eh. around a little bit better. I think they have identical playing styles and identical builds and identical throwing styles. Identical build is false. I don't I'm pretty sure it's not. Yeah, Prescott's bigger. Dak Dak is significant. Well, yeah, I know Russell Wilson's a little smaller. How Russell tall is Dak Prescott? 5'10", Dak Prescott. 6'1"? 6'2". Really? Yeah. yeah. He's big. He's wow. Big good, good for him. He's probably going to get knocked down a few inches after the injury, though. <laughs> Jeez. I, I don't know. I feel like that would... You probably... What, what, was the, what was the Romo line? Oh, you hope it's just a cramp. <laughs> That was awesome. That was his, so foot, his foot was turned the other way. Yep. <laughs> Tony Romo goes, you got to hope it's just a cramp. Jack <laughs> Prescott's like wailing in pain on the ground. His foot is turned southwest. And Tony Romo's like praying for like just a leg cramp. Like, did you not just watch the play? His leg snapped in, in three quarters <laughs> under him. Um, but yeah, I don't understand Russell Wilson. Like, is he going to get tra- like? Does he want to trade or not? Like, should I be expecting the Seahawks to be actively shopping Russell Wilson right now? Mm-mm. Because you have like Deshaun so. Watson, you have Deshaun Watson in Houston who has requested a trade and the Texans are like refusing to move him. And then you have the opposite in Seattle where Russell Wilson didn't request a trade, but like wants to be traded. And like the Seahawks are like going to honor that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's uh, going on. I, I so- have no idea. Russell My Wilson, thing, especially the with the, the the Deshaun situation, is it's like he's literally said that he's going to sit out regular season games and is willing Sean to sit out regular such season a games. I'm sorry. What, and what has he still done to won't have trade that? Nothing. <laughs> well, I mean, statistically, he's he won been a national championship at Clemson. Is that year. why? Actually, he's been. So? I, I don't know what the, I don't know like what yes, the actual but, officially scouting thing is, but like oh, from yeah, a yeah. Purely statistical standpoint, he's been like the second best quarter. Yard, yardage wise, yes, because he slings the ball. Yeah. But but that's all, like it's not he's not winning games for the Texans. He's not making like Seth and I like to say all the time, gut check plays. He he's not really making smart throws either. It's like 
why was Joe Burrow a leading passer before he got hurt this year? Because they threw the ball a million times a game. Like the Texans haven't really had an established run game. So they just throw the ball. And Deshaun Watson's got a good arm. I'll give it to him. But no, I don't think that Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the NFL. I, I like he's done nothing to deserve. Like, I hate when players do that when they're like, yeah, you better pay me. It's like <laughs> straight out of the NBA playbook. Exactly. It's it, every NBA player and their mother sits out in the offseason. Yeah. To I said this early on this year when we did some of the pickums was I did not like Deshaun Watson's attitude this year because they started the season. zero and five, I believe. And I remember distinctly seeing Deshaun Watson like you know, happy go lucky on the bench or, or, you know, just kind of having a time doing dances, like dapping up the opposing players after plays, you know, when you like see that when he like, when the quarterback rushes the ball, like out of bounds and he gets pushed out of bounds and he like ends up in the arms of an opposing player, he would like make out with the players when that happened. You know, he, he was, he was all buddy, buddy with everybody. And that's probably yeah. more just me wanting like old school competitiveness in an NFL quarterback. But he just seemed like he was collecting his check and not giving a fuck about the Texans, which is exactly what he did. Cause now we yeah. see he's requesting a trade. I love the new like GM guy though. <laughs> he's just like, no, Nick we're Casario. not. Gonna. Yeah. It's like he requests a trade. And then they ask Nick Casario, like, where are you going to trade him? He goes, Oh, well, we fully expect Deshaun to be back for the start of the season. I, it's I like, love that. So like he requested right a trade. Like they're just, they're just completely that. ignoring it. And well, the yeah. reporters are like, but he requested a trade, and then Nick Casario is like, "I think he's gonna buy into the culture." It's like, yeah, first of all, he can culture? request all he wants. Then. <laughs> so, like, what's, what's crazy though is when you actually look at it, right? Like, I feel like the number one argument for, you know, Deshaun Watson is like, "Oh, he turned them into a playoff team." 2011, 10 and six playoffs. 2012, 12 and four playoffs. Really bad in 2013. Nine and seven missed playoffs. In 2014, then nine and seven, nine and seven playoffs both both years. Then um, his first year in the league in 2017, they were four and twelve. Next two years, eleven and five, ten and six. Yeah. They're literally one or two wins better in those two years that they made yeah, the playoffs with him as the starter. Like Matt Schaub and De- uh, David Carr. Yeah, were the were their earlier quarterbacks, and you have Deshaun Watson, who's like a top pick, literally getting them yeah. one more win. Who, by the way, has the best yeah. receiver in the NFL on his team. Yeah, I I just I agree with Michael. I don't think I don't think Deshaun Watson's anybody, but but yeah, I don't know. Lots of stuff happening in the NFL. We will obviously keep you all updated on it as the off season progresses. But as the NFL season comes to a close, another one opens up. And it's a sports bettors nightmare when the Super Bowl is over. And then in a few weeks, it becomes the sports bettors dream. Once again, it is the introduction to a new season of betting. The fro- it is- uh, frozen bettors. Shut up. No, 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 no. It is March Madness, the most highly touted sports tournament on the face of the planet. The most competitive collegiate athletic competition on the face of the planet. It is the number one stressor of mine. Um, and the, and at the same time, the most exciting aspect of my life in the month of March, it is officially March. We're going to talk a little March madness. None of us follow college basketball religiously, 
which is actually a very, a very good thing for March Madness. And we're going to talk about something which is known as bracketology. Uh, bracketology is a term that was created to help you better fill out your March Madness bracket. Pick a 12 over a 5 every single year. Last year I picked John Morant to uh, win. They didn't play a tournament year. last yeah, year. The, the last tournament John Morant was uh, in the NBA last year. The last tournament. Okay, fuck you. John the Morant last tournament, I picked John State. Morant and Murray State, <laughs> 12 over a 5, and they fucking won, and I was right, and people laughed at me. I so. picked it. I Good. picked it. I picked them to go to the um, Sweet 16. I think I had I had Murray State dancing, and then they lost to FSU. I think that year. Um, but here's my take on March Madness. Before we get into the whole bracketology thing, March Madness is just like such an exciting time of year. We were so deprived last year, and I think TBR did a very good job of filling that hole by having our own simulation, which, by the way, is back this year. Uh, we're starting it at the end of this week. I actually. So people, if you watch the streams last year a little bit, when this was like the first time we ever did live streams was when we did the March Madness uh, simulation. Um, it was very like unorganized and just kind of like we threw it together at the last second when they canceled the tournament. Um, and I had the genius idea of streaming every game, which That's was insane. awful because insane. like because I was up at like 4 a.m. making sure that the game was running smoothly while the stream's going on. But we actually got a decent amount of people in the streams. Um, we aren't streaming every game this year. That would take so much time. But if you remember from the streams last year, sometimes my game disc would just stop working. Um, so I plug it in today. I, I released the projected seedings on the Instagram yesterday. I was going to put the tournament into the game today and I put it in. It was like the disc isn't readable. I put it back in. It starts running for a little bit. I start to make the tournament and then it says disc is unreadable. And I was like, you know what? It's a year later. We have like... 1.5 thousand more followers than we did last year. We have a big following on TikTok. Like, I'm not going to short sell these people and, and give them a shitty game. So I go onto Amazon and I look for the most recent, recently made NCAA basketball game, which was made in 2010. Blake Griffin was on the cover. Uh, $349. $349. And I said, you know what? YOLO. So I bought it. It's coming to my house on Friday and we're going to play on Holy that. Holy shit. You, you dropped that much oh on that game? Yeah, well, I won a lot of money betting the other night, so it's okay. <laughs> yes. And here's the thing. I can always flip it because the game is so expensive because they've stopped making the games, A, and, like, so few people have the games, B. It's the same thing with the NCAA football games. Like, those have become somewhat of a commodity. Like, if you have an NCAA football Xbox 360 game, you got to remember, too, we are two generations further on the Xbox now. You have the Xbox One and then now the new Xbox. I don't even know what it's called. But, uh, but Series X. Series X, thank you. So this game is is two generations of Xboxes old, and it wasn't really that popular of a game to begin with, but since they've discontinued making NCAA games, they're so expensive. So I thought, you know what? Let's buy it. Let's, let's go all in for this tournament. I have high hopes for... Uh, for how it's going to go in terms of the stream simulation. We are going to stream some of the games, but not all of them. Um, and yeah, so be on the lookout for that. But I figured, you know, it's March. It's an exciting time of year. I love the March Madness tournament so much. Let's do an early, you know, bracket tips thing now. And then once the actual bracket gets released on Selection Sunday, we will do even more bracketology. So call it bracketology one. Um, I mean, I have lots of tips, but I think the first thing, that bodes well for all of us is that the common man tends to do a lot better 
on a March Madness bracket than the college basketball analyst and enthusiast. Um, there is a, correct me if I'm wrong, one in 900 million chance of getting a perfect bracket. One in nine million, is it? Can someone? Sure. Where to know that? Uh, it's definitely it closer to like the 900 one. I feel like Chan- that's uh, March Madness. Perfect. I did this research one time. Perfect bracket odds. One in. Whoa, that's a large number. Seth, you're good with numbers, right? Barely. Nine, two, two, three, three, seven, two, zero, three, six, eight, five, four, seven, seven, five, eight, zero, eight. That's that's a big number. That's I think like, it's, how, is that like nine trillion? Wait, no, how many like decimal places up, are there? How many? So tr- trillion. So million is six zeros. Uh, a Billion lot. is nine, and then trillion will be twelve. It might be trillion. <laughs> I looked up. How do you say this? Nine quintillion, two hundred and twenty-three quadrillion. 72 trillion 36 billion 864 million 775,808 jeez so you're telling me there's a chance <laughs> <laughs> there's a possibility well, that's the that's the thing is like any you you literally based on those odds have a better chance of randomly picking the teams and getting a better bracket than someone who knows everything about college basketball so there's there's two ways that you can approach filling out a March Madness bracket. There's and based on the whole point system of the bracket, there's the first way, which is just trying to genuinely predict every game right and then predict it in the round of 64 and then hype predicting your hypothetical matchups correctly from there on out and just hoping that you're right and being as, as correct as you can be getting as few losses, which is the pretty traditional way. Like, I'm sure both of you have done March Madness brackets before. When you get it, you just go through the round of 64 games and you pick who's going to win. And then it auto generates your round of 32 matchups and so on and so forth. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I do it. That's how everybody does it. And that's a pretty good method. Um, The other method is is knowing the point system, trying to correctly predict the later rounds and prioritizing them over the round of 64, because, you know, that if you have a perfect final four that's worth a hell of a lot more points than like 10 correct round of 64 games so some people will say you know fuck it fuck the round of 64 as long as my final four and my championship game and my champion is intact i don't care about the rest of the rounds i find that to be less fun because then i feel like you don't care about the round of 64 as much and you just care about your four teams winning but if you're trying to collect points in the march madness bracket i do think that that's a rather smart strategy uh to to just rack up points in the later rounds it is a little more risky though because if one of your teams loses then you've also run the risk of losing out on your round of 64 games and one of your final fours but we are going to talk about the first method because it's the most um common method i think and i think that's the the one that a lot of people are probably going to use when they sign up for the tbr march madness bracket challenge where you can win an Xbox One and a PS4. Mm-hmm. Hint. Um, but let's start with you two. Michael, how do you usually fill out your March Madness bracket? 
Um, option A, uh, kind of just go through it. There are times when in the past when I kind of I'll just pick an underdog just to pick an underdog. Usually don't have any um, background knowledge going into it. I kind of just send it like if I see like, you know, like Wofford playing like some other team. I don't know. I'll pick Wofford, you know, right. Full name. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like then into the later rounds, like usually what I'll do is I'll have someone that I want to win. I'll be like a team that I want to win and a team that I think has potential of winning. Like a few years back, I think it was 2019, um, I wanted Michigan State to win. I knew they were having a good year. I knew that they were like pretty decent team. Like, well, they probably a very good team that year. They ended up losing in the Final Four. So I had them as my winner, but I also had them in like my Final Four. So I kind of just pick a team from each like, what is it? Is it bracket? Like the South and North? Yeah. Yeah. From that, and I'll just like, they'll end up in my Final Four. It's usually how I would do it. region. Yeah, Southwest region. Southwest yeah. region. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's the strategy that you talked about, about just picking a team is that has actually proven statistically more successful than picking a team that is like statistically predicted to win the game and like favored yeah. to win the game. That's why Vegas has such trouble rolling out the odds for March Madness is because you can never account for the March Madness factor, which is just sometimes a team shows up to play. That's what's great about March Madness is like. For me, when you get into the middle seeds, the seeds really don't matter at all, to, yeah. in my opinion. A one versus 16, yeah, one time in history the 16 seed has beaten the one seed, and then the next year the one seed came back to win the tournament. One time in history that's happened. So the odds of you picking a one seed to win that first matchup, you're pretty much going to get it right. And that screwed everybody's brackets back in 2017, 2018, 2018. 18, 18. When UMBC, yeah. The, uh, the retrievers, as we learned from uh, TPR trivia. C, C, C. Yeah, I could tell you what uh, what conference they're in, but I couldn't tell you what their mascot is. <laughs> well, they're the retrievers. Yeah, That's well, what we know. Zach <laughs> can now tell us. So now you know both. But uh, progress, like Seth, four progress. other teams in their conference. Actually, I can. You ready? UNH, sure, UMass Lowell, UVM, and Stony Brook. That's what's, four of the other teams. The, what's the name of the conference? It's the America East Conference. Good, good. All right. So um, anyway, uh, but Michael's method of picking a team just for a random reason has actually proven pretty, pretty statistically successful. Yeah. A lot of people who have come close to getting perfect brackets, aside from the maniacs who do like so many brackets in a year, just to, I feel like at that point, it's like, all right, it's, it's like having 28 fantasy teams. It's like yeah. you're just rooting for every possibility. Like I feel like March Madness is fun because you have your one bracket. If you do like I usually do two. I do my serious bracket and then I do like a crazy upsets bracket where I just pick all the underdogs to go all the way. And that one's always fun. Just, but but I don't like so, you know, my main bracket is my main bracket. But you know, the people who fill out brackets that have come very close to getting perfect brackets or gotten very high scores on their brackets have said in interviews that they picked, you know, Florida because they liked the Gator logo or they picked Duke because they liked the blue or mm-hmm. they picked Wofford because it had a cool name or they yeah. picked um, Loyola Chicago because of Sister Jean, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's random stuff that like these you just get lucky with that March Madness factor and, and no one can track the March Madness factor. 
because it's one game. Seeds really don't matter, especially this year. You're going to have a limited amount of fans. So there really is no crowd. Um, so it's just going to be straight up like basketball uh, and anything can happen. That's what's great about the March Madness factor. Seth, you said something interesting about picking a 12 seed over a five seed. Elaborate. Yeah, so um, almost every single year, there's someone who is a 12 seed that beats a five seed. So last tournament, it was um, Murray State. Murray State, Over right? Marquette, like that was right? the only pick. Um, I was it Marquette? Don't remember. I, I, I feel like it was Marquette. Looking. That was John Morant at Murray State. And then they lost to FSU, I think. FSU was the uh, FSU was the four seed. They did indeed beat Marquette. Boom. Yeah. Look so, my knowledge. So twelve seeds in good. um March Madness. Um, in thirty of the last thirty-five years, a number twelve seed has won at least one first-round game. Yeah. Yeah, so there's two. always, always find yourself like one number 12 that you're like, yeah, they're going to win. Here's some seeds that here's some underdog seeds that I think that people should always be on the lookout. Maybe just like sprinkle them around in different regions. The 12 over the five always happens. The 11 there's over three. the six, the 11 over the six tends to happen a, a, a decent amount of the time. Um, it depends on who wins that first four, um, because if you get the better of of the the teams that that buy into that first four at the 11 seed, Loyola Chicago, for example, they might have been a 12 actually when they when they were dancing, but 11 seeds, I I know for a fact have always given six seeds good games and some have come out on top in decent times. The eight versus nine game, historically the second game of the first day, the nine seed is is like. Almost an absolute lock in that sense. I think it was Trey Young in Oklahoma against URI, I think, in Trey's young year. Trey Young's year. And I think URI won that game. And they were the 2017, I think. I want to say yeah, I want to say 2017. He went to Oklahoma. He was at Oklahoma. I think they lost to URI in the 8-9 game. And I... I think I was rooting for Oklahoma the whole time, and then they lost, and then I realized that I accidentally picked URI in my bracket, so I was happy. I think it was URI, if you can pull that up. Um, but the, yeah. eight versus, the eight versus nine is, is a good spot, too. Other than that, your one, two, three, and four, the majority of the time are going to win the game. Um, seven and ten is also not a bad spot to go. I think I think once you get to five, five through 16, you can Wait, start to that? pick and choose upset. Um, so he went to Oklahoma university. He went to Oklahoma, uh, university of yeah. Boomer yeah. sooner. Yeah. Let me find it. it so I, I think going back the to the eights, game of the day. Yeah, go ahead. Um, My only fly. three times since 1985 have all four eight seeds won. Yeah. That's another good spot to take. And granted this conversation can, can go to great length once we actually know the teams, which right. we have a we have a decent guess right now. Yeah, but so if we could actually with the twelve over five debate, if you look at the rankings right now, the five seeds are going to be probably any of the following 
five or six teams. So Oklahoma State, sorry, Oklahoma State, Texas, Tech, sorry, Texas Tech, uh, San Diego State, Loyola, Illinois, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. That's the that's from 17 to 22 in the current national rankings. That's where you find your five <laughs> seeds. Um, if I were to pick someone out of them, I would say probably Loyola. I feel like Virginia's got the experience factor of like they've recently had some really good March Madness runs. Um, I feel like Texas Tech is normally solid enough. I feel like um, Mr. Cunningham out there at Oklahoma State is going to have himself a tournament. So that's another team that I don't think is going to lose. There's a decent amount of mass teams in it this year. Are there not mass? New England. New England. Yeah. Bryant, UVM. Dude, my special. I'm looking at the thing. Is you, how is UV? Doesn't UVM have a really, a really crappy record? I'm I don't struggling. think so. I mean, they wouldn't be in the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, I, by the way, second, you were right. Dude, they're not even. It was URI. Yeah. Let's go. In 2018. Vermont's 10 and four. They're behind UMBC. So they would have to win the America East tournament, which they could definitely do right now in the, in the team rankings, which is like the, the website that does the March madness projections. They have them in the tournament, which Vermont's been in it before. Um, They're in it last year or two years ago. Yeah. They were a 13, I think a few years ago. Um, They've been like a 14 before. I don't know. Um, Obviously once selection Sunday comes around, we're going to like, further the discussion but just wanted to set the bar in terms of you know some things to look out for uh and it's officially march and like march madness is here uh so also keep your eye out for that tournament simulation which is going to start later this week when i get my 300 dollars video game all right final thing that i want to talk about i do want to continue the discussion from the the uh last episode a little bit about four major sports because i do think that we there is something to be discussed I would like, and Michael wanted to be on the episode, so we're going to bring him into the discussion now. Lynchy, in your eyes, rank the four major sports leagues in the U.S. right now, in your opinion. My opinion. Yes. Okay. In the United States of America, I would say the NFL. Yeah. Number one, for sure. So the, definitely the NFL. I think they are first by a long shot. I don't think that's really a question. Um, two and three, I would probably go NBA, MLB, but I feel like it's one of those things where I don't know enough, but like, in my opinion, from what I see, I kind of feel like the NBA might be losing a little bit of like, kind of like following, but I don't also like deep down, I know that they aren't. So I'm going to go NBA, MLB, and then the NHL and it's a sad truth that the NHL is probably the least popular in America out of the four major sports. But I mean, it's a fact, like it sucks to say, but especially being a hockey fan and a player, but yeah. So I'd go I, NFL. I hate to cut into this, but I have mm-hmm. made contact with Dylan Pamillo. He <laughs> claims no! to have forgotten to have said that he wanted to punch me in the face. <laughs> Since he forgot it, he didn't really mean it. And I was like, okay, weird thing to say, but okay. He he lives in Bolingbrook, Illinois. He's driving a car in or in a moving car in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Checking the snap maps. (laughs) You have this location now? 
No, not that's hilarious. That he that's has fun. his snap map just like open there. That's funny stuff. Dude. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Wait, wait, wait. It was my bad. I forgot. Hold that back up again. <laughs> that's classic. Oh my God, Seth. I'm concerned that you have his his <laughs> stuff now. I mean, it's his fault. Like, here, here, you ready? I oh, love how Seth, hand. like, this kid, like, gave Seth, like, one bad comment on TikTok, and now you, like, know no, everything about him. I'm concerned for him dude. now. I might I, I might be Team him. Dylan. I went to unadd him. He, he, just, he just responds, yeah, I know, my B probably was just in a bad mood or something. Okay. That's the, that's, that's the thing, though. If we confronted 99% of these people, like, a week later, they wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, how do I unadd people? Oh, here we go. Remove friend. Lock you see, him. You see it? I'm gonna show. I'm gonna show it. I removed him. Okay. It says remove, remove. Okay, I did it just to see what he would say. That was it. I'm not in the business of stalking small children. You sound like a freak when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Seth, how about you rank your top four major sports? So, so what's the criteria here? Is it yeah, what I most enjoy watching? Is it what Ooh. I think what, the most you, popular? I mean, I don't think that there are that there is a way to like I don't think any of us could be wrong in our rankings. I think opinion based on ratings that you know of, popularity that you know of, just general like awareness that you know of, popularity of the sport itself that you know of. Because you could say like, oh, ratings are higher than like NBA or whatever. Like NHL ratings are lower than the NBA. But I also think there are other factors. Michael has his hand raised. So yeah, go I'm gonna okay, going off what you just said. What I think in America, I would have to then I would say the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Okay. That's my opinion. That that is what I believe. All right. Uh, well, but I'm open to being persuaded. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you multiple rankings right now. What I think is the most popular. Okay. I asked for one, but. Right. I, I, I just, I, it's, it's hard to attack. It, yeah, I honestly don't. God, I want to punch you in the face. Seth gets into conflict with young adults. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to mess so, with this guy. You don't want to mess with Seth. So what I want to give as the so the first one is what I think is the most popular. What I think is most popular is definitely NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL. I think that's the order of what is most popular. Now the next one is. What am I most likely to sit down in front of a TV and watch? So, like, if I have the option of all four, which one am I picking? Number one, probably NHL. I'm going to say number two, MLB. Number three, NBA. Number four, NFL. I'm or th- This year, the NFL got closer to the NBA than, you know, it was. But And that's not to say, like, I am avoiding watching NFL games. I've watched every single Patriots game this year, right? Like, it's something I will sit down and watch. That's just, you know, my background, like grew up a baseball player. So that's something that I'm more likely to go into. Um, And then as far as watching in person, which I think is completely different, which I think all of us would agree, MLB number one, NFL, NHL, NBA. Okay, here's I'll give you one rating. Um, And this is what I think based on what I said, like overall popularity, TV ratings, you know, tied into it, what I know to be just like general fan bases. Um, I think NFL is number one and there's no question about it, that the NFL is just like the most popular sports league in America. I think pretty much everybody watches football and I think that they've done a good job marketing it and that's why they're number one. I'm going to put the NHL at number two. And I, and I realize that that sounds really weird coming from the guy who just bashed the NHL in the last episode, 
But when stacking them up against the NBA and the MLB, I actually have to retract what I said last week about how the NHL doesn't compete with those major sports leagues. I actually think the NHL might be doing better than the MLB and the NBA. I think the MLB is in last, and then I think the NBA is third. For, from think, a popularity standpoint? Yeah. Interesting. I'm going I'm to be honest and say yes. I think that the NBA, well, first of all, I think the MLB has a tough time competing just because of, like, the game itself. You know, like, I think MLB is is a sport that for the majority population, not like a, you know, not like baseball or sports fans like us, but for the majority of the population in the United States is a is a live watch dependent sport where I think that people are more inclined to go to baseball games than they are watch them on TV. That's true. That's absolutely and it, true. It's kind of like the issue that golf is having right now where the general population, it's kind of it's the reason why NBC and CBS doesn't start broadcasting golf tournaments until like two or three in the afternoon because they know when when the important stuff is on. That's when the important stuff is right. going to happen. No one cares to see the, the front nine unless you're an avid golf fan like like myself or Carper, you know, whoever else is going to be watching it or a middle aged guy or whatever. Um, there's there's no important stuff happening on the front nine, really. The, the the drama of the whole golf match happens on the back nine, specifically the last few holes. And that's why NBC's broadcasting it so late. So I see a lot of people saying, like, what the hell? Why can't I watch the golf until, you know, 430 in the afternoon? Well, it's because it's, you know, NBC is smart and they know that everyone's going to tune in at 430 because that's when they would tune in anyway. You have a lot of smart people who are going to say to themselves, well, I know that nothing's nothing important is going to happen in the front nine. So why would I watch the front nine and waste my time? That's the issue that baseball is having right now. Are you really going to as a as a general sports fan, not as like you, Seth, I know you are like big man on baseball and Michael and I love baseball, too. But speaking from just like the average American, are you more inclined to watch a hockey game in its entirety or a nine inning baseball game in its entirety. Absolutely a hockey game. Right. So I think that's the MLB, I think, is in last just for that reason alone is that so the season my, is so long. The games are so long. They're pretty uneventful until like the seventh inning. That's where I think they're losing on the popularity scale. And listen, it's not a surprise or it's not, you know, it's a known fact that baseball used to be the number one sport in America. Yes. Like like baseball, America's pastime. It was number one. Why has it dropped for those reasons exactly? So my only thing with the with the baseball being in last is I feel like there are too many old people that are still alive for baseball to be in last. Like I feel like there are just enough old people that are like still kicking where it's like baseball still, you know, has that edge over a couple other teams. Yeah. I mean, the thing I'll say about baseball is that, and according to oh, TV ratings, um, what is that noise? Oh, that's probably me. I can. Yeah, 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 I was gonna say it's not me. I'm not doing anything. I'm sorry. I didn't um, realize how close I was to the mic. Based off of television ratings, number one is american football number two is baseball number three is basketball and number four is nhl 
When was the, when were these pictures? This is as of 2020. I would, also, I would also argue the thing that I argued about the esports was that baseball came back a lot sooner than a lot of the other leagues. Well, so my, my thing with um, that is like it doesn't, um, you know, your, your TV rating doesn't necessarily dictate your popularity, right? Like, in I a way like, it does, but yeah, not in, in its entirety. Well, so here's the thing, right? Like, hockey gets better television ratings than soccer, but according to the statistics here, the percentage of people surveyed who said that hockey was their favorite sport was 3.8%, whereas 8.2% said that their favorite sport was soccer. So based off the people that they interviewed, more people have their favorite sport as soccer than as hockey, but then I feel like Part of that is like, it's not just a, you know, some people's favorite sport might be soccer, but I guarantee you that a large chunk of people whose favorite sport is football or whose favorite sport is basketball, their second or third is probably hockey, where yeah, soccer is probably right. closer to like their fourth or fifth. So it's it's not a, you can't just look at the ratings and be like, oh, that's exactly how popular it is. Now, when you look at, like American football, then, you know, the, the ratings record for football is 112 million. Yeah. And the next highest is baseball at 40 million. So there's a huge gap there where you're like, okay, the ratings is significantly bigger enough for football that it's like, that's something that's significant that shows a level of popularity that the other sports. The other thing too, that I'll say with like baseball ratings is baseball is unique in the sense that the majority of its season is taking place when the other three sports leagues are on off season. So, so it's in the middle of the summer. You also can't really compare ratings side by side. Like you're saying, for example, the Bruins are playing tomorrow night and I'm going to watch that game, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch, um, was another sport an an NBA game. Well, it does mean I'm I'm not going to watch the NBA, but let's just say that I was planning on watching an NBA game on Thursday me as an avid sports fan is not going to say, well, I'm going to choose to watch the NHL tomorrow night and not the NBA the next night. You can watch both. And I think a lot of the people that are grouped in those ratings are concurring. So it's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily indicative of, you know, people aren't choosing, you know, uh, baseball over hockey necessarily or, or basketball over hockey. I do think that there's like a gray area when it comes to like comparing TV ratings, but in terms of baseball, I would say that I think their viewership is very high because there aren't other sports leagues that are in session. There aren't, there isn't much on TV uh, right. in the middle of the summer other than MLB games. Um, so, so I would argue that the majority of the MLB season, the big bulk of it is taking place when the other three sports leagues are not playing. That being said, I think the MLB, I'm, I still put the MLB in fourth just based on popularity. I think you hear, a lot more a I think you have a lot more um, mainstream attention focused on other sports. Um, I think you have a lot more just general buzz and social media, whatever, focused on uh, other sports. I think baseball's biggest issues and Carp and I have talked about this. The season is just way too long. It's one hundred and sixty two games, right? Yeah. Yes. That's just like you're just not going to watch all those games. 
Like you're just not. They're they're all nine innings. They're all they're all boring. I'll say it. They're all boring. They're boring. Baseball baseball games are are boring to watch for the most part. I don't think that there's a lot of an excitement factor. Granted, I don't think that boring for me is necessarily bad. Like in the in the summer when it's like you know the the Red Sox are on at night. Like that's a relaxing watch, and I'll watch all nine innings of the game. But I think that there's a certain um, intensity factor that the NHL is is producing right now that you don't see in the NBA and the MLB. Uh, the NBA, their biggest issue was that they had the same two teams in the NBA finals for like 20 years in a row. People stopped caring about the games because they all knew the outcome. The creation of the super team, as it were, by LeBron James when he went to the Heat, created this notion that NBA players, like you said earlier, Michael, can just kind of do whatever they want. They dictate the league. They can just say, fuck it. I'm not going to play. And they'll find a spot on another team. They'll go and they'll. That's right now. Exactly. They have three of the best players in this past decade on on a roster together. Like, how does that happen? And and one of them's like choosing just not to play sometimes. I know. The NBA is the only sport that's really introduced that whole like not play kind of thing where it's like, okay, to sit out. Well, the thing with that too, is like, there's a whole different dynamic, right? Like Mm -hmm. as the NFL has less of a cap on contract length, same with Mm the, you know, honestly, the NBA, I think is the only league that has a cap on contract length. Like, I don't think you can sign more than like a, you know, 12 year deal in the NHL anymore. I mean, after the whole Kovalchuk and um, Rick DiPietro. Yeah. Rick DiPietro <laughs> fiasco. I don't think you can do that anymore, but um, you know, especially with like baseball, right. There's not as much excitement around player movement because of the, the, the length of contracts. Well, you know, forget the lifetime contracts. It's the, the amount of time you're under team control. Yeah. I mean, Pete Alonso just hit 50 home runs. And then if you multiply the amount of games from last year and then, you know, to scale it up to 162, he would have hit like 43 home runs last year. He's going to be one of the better home run hitters for the foreseeable future. I don't think he hits free agency until like 2026 or like 2027. Yeah. Like the, the way that MLB contracts are structured, guys are under team control for so long that it's like, when a Francisco Lindor comes up, when a Bryce Harper hits free agency, when a Manny Machado hits free agency, yeah, they've been with the same team for so long that it's like you get one or two guys every five years, and then it's like that's it. And then you just keep on seeing guys who like stay with their own teams because it gets to the point where it's like, well, I'm forced to spend like nine years in the same team. Like what like, you know, what am I going to do? Because trades aren't as prevalent in the MLB, too. That's the other thing is you don't see guys just jumping from team to team. I mean, like NBA, right? Like technically because of restricted free agency and stuff, guys are usually under contract for like seven years with the same team. But we haven't really seen that play out much. I mean, sure, there are some guys who are going to end up staying up the length of their contract. But, you know, LeBron James spends, what, his first eight seven or eight years of his career. I think it was seven years of his career in Cleveland, then jumps Miami, Cleveland, LA. Then mm-hmm. James Harden's now on his third team. Kyrie Irving's on his what? Fourth team. Third, yeah. Or is he on his third team? Cavs, Celtics, 
He, he went, went right to the Nets. Net, yeah, yeah Nets. the third. Yeah. third. Ke- Kevin Durant is now on his third team, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's so oh, hard yeah. now so to hard. find any star players in the NBA who have stayed on the same team for their entire career. It's just a different mindset the way that is. And then with the NFL, the issue with the NFL is that guys, you know, the, the, the average NFL career is less than three years. So nobody gets signed to a long-term deal because none of the teams expect for their players to, you know, keep on going. And then you have this situation where these teams have like, even the poorest teams have so much money where Kyle Van Noy, who's got like 30 something million dollars guaranteed for the next four years or, or three years, whatever it is, just gets cut. And the team says, we'll eat it. Well, I think that the bigger issue with what you're referring to is, is that is just like, how are you generating fan interest? I think the NFL is doing a very good job of generating fan interest because it's such a short season. Talent is so widespread across the league. Like if I were to ask you right now, who's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now, you could probably give me five or six names that would be legitimate, right? Yeah. But if we were to talk about um, MLB, like who's the best MLB player, you could have a debate about it. But I think in the minds of most people in the country, one, two, maybe three names come to mind in terms of like the solidified best. Baseball fans, it's different. But I think you can name a lot more NFL players than you can MLB players. You can name a lot more NFL coaches than you can MLB coaches. How are you generating fan interest? The MLB is losing fan interest because these players are being locked down for so long. It's like, okay, well, there goes that. Same thing with the NBA. These super teams are being created. Right. Well, there needs to be some sort of regulation in these leagues. Like, I don't care. I I haven't watched. I haven't cared to watch the NBA finals in years because the same teams have been in it every year. It's just. Who cares at this point? Yeah, it's either going to be LeBron with yeah. one team or it's going to be mm-hmm. the Warriors or it's it's going to be KD with some other team. Like, yeah. I don't care anymore. The mm-hmm. NHL, you haven't seen anything like that in the NHL. Yeah, you haven't seen very, anything yeah. like that in the NFL. You call the Patriots a dynasty, but even the Patriots have sprinkled some losses into their Super Bowl appearances. Even the Patriots have missed Super Bowls. Patriots yeah. have not played the same team in the Super Bowl back-to-back Super Bowls. They played the Rams twice in the Super Bowl. They played the Eagles twice, but it wasn't Patriots-Rams, 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 like it was Cavs-Warriors for six years. That's the issue. And the thing, too, with, like, the MLB is there's still a certain level of parity that doesn't exist in the NBA, right? Like, even though you always have the Yankees spending more than everybody else, you always have the Dodgers spending more than everybody else. You have teams like... The Red Sox are always top five in payroll, right? Like, yeah. the Red Sox were top five in payroll last year, didn't even make the postseason. The Yankees only made it through what? To the second round? Like, yeah. spending baseball, you can get away with not having the salary cap. As much as the issue with that is, then there are some teams who never get out of the hole of not being able to compete. You can get away with it in the MLB because even though you have a team like the Dodgers who's had a number one payroll for the past three years, they've gotten one world series, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So like MLB is just like baseball is a sport is just so unpredictable that you're able to, you know, survive enough with that. But how, how crazy is it that, you know, I could probably show a picture of Mike Trout and I don't know what's a random white guy, Chris sale. Right. Like if I walk down the street 
somewhere where it's not one of the, it's like not in Boston slash New mm. England and not in, you know, like the Anaheim area. And I say, which one of these two is the best player in baseball? I can almost guarantee you the number is going to come out to 50%. Unless you find some like random baseball fans who actually know what they're talking about, they're just going to pick a random guy. And, you know, even if you say, which one of these guys is Mike Trout, it's not going to, you know, how, yeah. how are they going to differentiate? That's a very good idea for but a then, video that we should do, by right? the way. <laughs> but then if, if I walk down the street anywhere and I say, which one of these guys is Tom Brady and which one of these guys is Drew Brees? Or if I say, which one of these guys is Drew Brees and which one of these guys is Ben Roethlisberger? Every yeah. single person knows that because NFL is so good at marketing its guys. They wear helmets with face cages. We yeah. can't see their faces for half the game unless they zoom in on it. If I showed you a photo of Vince Wilfork in a lineup, you could pick him out. The dude's a defensive lineman. You never see him zoom. It's not like he's the quarterback. We get we see Patrick Mahomes' face zoomed in on for half of his snaps, right? Nice. Like, it, you still know who these guys are because the NFL is just that good at broadcasting it. But you don't know who half the guys in the MLB are because the MLB doesn't, you know, market its players as well. And I, you know, I don't. I'm not sitting here saying I know what the perfect method is to do this, but there's a certain level of at what point is it that you have a sport where their face is covered for literally the, the entire time they're in the game, and yet everybody can tell who they are just by looking at them? And then you have another sport where every single guy is spread apart from each other, so you know who each individual guy is. They're not moving all that fast, so you can read the name on the back of the jersey. You, you, it's so easy to differentiate baseball player from baseball player player but nobody knows who they are yeah michael what were you gonna say earlier oh wow this is a long time ago because he <laughs> no, never picked it, something... it up and that's why i jumped in <laughs> oh yeah you're good it was something involving the nba but it was kind of going off of like this whole like going back to what i was saying with like the player thing one of the reasons that i personally don't enjoy watching the nba is because as a sports fan i like to watch the pl- i like to watch a game and watch the teams and the players for them as an athlete and them as a player and them doing their job. Yeah. I don't care about watching Kyrie complain about not wanting to play and walk through the TD garden with a bunch of blah, 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 whatever he was yeah, doing. Burning incense. Yeah. Burning it. Like that just like doesn't appeal to me. Like it, it, it's like you're a professional athlete act professional. Yes. If you want to complain about your playing time, you want to complain about your situations within like your organization if you want to leave don't go say it in an interview like james harden and put your um like coaches and your management like in a tough position you never ever ever see that in the mlb nhl in the nfl yeah or like if it happens they're the crazy people the ones that do it they're the ones that people look to them and they're like what are they doing and that's one of the reasons that personally i think that the mlb and the nhl obviously the nfl is fine they don't really the thing is, whatever they change is going to benefit them. You know what I mean? Like, it's they're trying to keep growing. Yep. Like, the NHL and the MLB, like, you watch those games because they're athletes. They're professional athletes. They're doing the job. And it's enjoyable because, like, when I, like, when, like, when I used to watch the, like, Celtics, when, especially Kyrie, like, I would just, like, get mad because I know how much of a, of a clown he was outside of the arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the reasons that the NBA is, like, slowly going down. It has nothing to do with the performance of play. 
on the court. Yeah. They're, they're, the, they're the best basketball players in the world. It has yep. nothing to do with that. But I'll, why go, even, I'll yeah. go even further on that. I think that the NBA is also on the decline because I think that the focus has shifted away from basketball way too much. Like you said, yeah. there's way too much off-the-court antics going yeah, it's on like a, in the it's NBA. Like a, it's like a reality TV show. It is. It, it literally is like a guy like Kyrie is a perfect example of someone who's like ruined basketball for me. He has like, I, it's he like, gets more I just than don't care. Some of the <laughs> best players on there. Like there's this guy, I'm not even sure what team he's on. But his last name's like Sabonis. He's like the oh, best player on his team. Yeah. Yeah. Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. Son of what? Arvidas Sabonis who played yes. against Kobe's Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Thank <laughs> you for the facts. So I didn't know. I didn't know that. But like, I feel like you see Kyrie Irving's name. Who's probably played less games than Sabonis has in the past two years on ESPN, and we we know we don't like ESPN here, but like just on like media networks, whatever. You see his name more than you <laughs> don't, Sabonis. Don't do that. I'm actually I'm trying to apply for an internship at ESPN, so don't be flipping off ESPN, please. Fuck you for that. <laughs> but you know what? You know, dude, they they better not find TBRSports.net because I wrote a pretty lengthy article about them. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, at least they know I'm not. I'm not you, so. Very true. Guilty by association. Yeah, guilt by association. But yeah, yeah but free country. I'm not going like, to stop. Like you said, too, I think that the issue with the NBA is that the players are running the league. Yeah, the league the I'm, league supports the players way too much. And you could you could say, like, oh, it's good. Show. They're letting the players, like, you know, it, that's how it should be. No, that's how it shouldn't be. I feel like the country has gotten so soft and so skewed from, like, what a league is can we remember that that this is their job yeah like you're they are profession. employees like this is their job yeah their their job just so happens to be broadcast on a national level and a very popular scale but imagine if you didn't show up to work one day just because you didn't feel like it load management you texted your boss and you didn't and you didn't show up to work and then Lower you said, management. and then you said you weren't going to come to work again until they changed the working conditions. You like a colder temperature? It's warmer in there. You're not coming back until they turn the heat down. That that's what that's what Kyrie Irving and LeBron James are. Like yeah. they have started to dictate this league, and I get that LeBron James is like the most famous basketball player, but can we like remember that like this is their job? So the whole like shut up and dribble thing, yeah. That's their job. Go and do it. Like, why do you need all these like extra like antics? You don't you don't see it in the NFL as crazy and outspoken as NFL players compete. You just don't see that as much backlash as Goodell gets. He runs the league. He is the league. Tom Brady is not the league. If Tom Brady was the league, he wouldn't have gotten suspended for four games for deflating footballs. Mm -hmm. Look, you think LeBron James if a report comes out tomorrow that LeBron James may be tampering with like the pressure in the balls, you think that the NBA is going to suspend him? No, they'll probably encourage all the players to tamper with the balls. That's how the NBA is run. They cater so much so to the needs of their players that the players like run the league. They, they really do. It just doesn't happen in any other sport. And that's why I think the NBA is on the decline. And then overall back to my original rankings, I think the NHL, is above the NBA and the MLB at this point in time because when you ask a non-hockey fan if they watch hockey, the majority of the time, the response you're going to get is that they like watching playoff hockey. 
Mm. Playoff hockey does very well in the U.S. Very well. A lot better, barring 2020, than the NBA Finals have done, which pretty much go on at the same time. The NBA Finals were actually, the year that the Raptors were in them, were actually um, out out watched, out viewed by a regular season MLB game. <laughs> so that should go to show you like how how little well, people I, were caring about the NBA. I mean that that one. The only thing I will say with that one is like that's a bit nitpicky, just because like Kevin Durant wasn't <clears throat> supposed to play. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> I can't. It will go away. Kevin Durant wasn't supposed to play and then he came back and then he went down and then Clay I don't care but that but that shows you how that shows you how toxic the NBA is one player is dictating whether millions of people watch a game or not yeah that's fair you know what I'm saying it's the NBA fight like I bet you I guarantee you if if the Bruins were in the play just for if you polled random Americans about two years ago Stanley Cup finals I'm, I'm barring 2020 from any of these stats because it's just not an indicative year at all 2019 Stanley Cup Finals, Blues and Bruins. Ask people outside of Boston and St. Louis if they knew the players on the team. I guarantee you they could probably name between the two teams three. Maybe three. Mm -hmm. Not even. I bet Chara's name would come up. I bet Bergeron's name would come up. And then they'd be hard-pressed to find a third. Maybe Tuka Rask. Because who could you name on that Blues team if you weren't like an avid hockey fan? Bennington was not a big name. No. Ryan O'Reilly was Rangelo, not a big name. Maybe. I don't think a non-hockey fan would, Tarasenko, would yeah, know. Tarasenko, think it's like, Tarasenko, maybe. Yeah, Tarasenko. But he was hurt for some of that series. Yeah. So, point being, um, I didn't even watch the NBA. Yeah. From, like a, from a pure popularity standpoint, the NBA over the past, like, 10, or, or NHL over the past 10 years hasn't really gotten more than 8 million in a single game and all of those games were the elimination games, like game six, game seven. Um, and the NBA is hovering at never less than 12 to 13 million, even in the golden state Toronto series. That's fine. I just, I just think that, you know, obviously like we're saying ratings aren't everything. There's also too, a big live aspect that comes into play too. a big, like, you know, and this is a poor example, but I'm going to use it. Maple leaf square. Uh, they, they packed like, how many people would you say? 10,000 people were in Maple Leaf Square in like 2013? There were a lot. There were a lot. You know, that's like, those are people that are still watching the game, but that technically counts as one viewer because they're all watching on like the same same TV. TV. You know what I'm saying? So like, not totally indicative, but I get what you're saying. Um, what I would say though, is that I didn't watch the NBA finals at all. And I knew Kevin Durant was in the game. I knew that Steph Curry was in the game, you know, and I still didn't want to watch. So what is it about the NHL playoffs that are making people want to watch, even though they don't know the players or know that much about the teams over the NBA where they know all the players? Um, That's the question that I like. I don't have an answer for it, but it but it is it is a fact that there are people like, I feel like everyone I ask who who isn't a hockey fan says they love playoff hockey. They love watching the Stanley Cup finals. But why? Like, it's not like a it's not like the Patriots like factor thing no, where yeah. 
everybody in New England was watching the Super Bowl every year because the Patriots were in it. The Bruins aren't in the Stanley Cup every year. Yeah, in the past decade, they've been three times, but yeah. they've only won once and they've missed the playoffs two years. Yeah. So, like, you know, what what is it's making like this level of excitement for some like it's hard to explain, but like you watch that's, a playoff that's hockey. What the NHL is to hone in. It's the like it's this atmosphere that is created when the playoffs start in hockey. Like a few years ago, when the Blue Jackets swept the um, Lightning, they had fans show up to their practice. Yeah. Fans showing up to a practice. There were like 8,000 people that showed up to an inter-squad scrimmage before the oh, Stanley Cup yeah. Finals for the Bruins. Yeah. Like, there's something about it. There's something about hockey where there's like this energy. There's this, like, there's this like aura that just like is so like just draws you towards it. I'll say this too. This is what I've kind of diagnosed and I've thought about this for a while as something that I've kind of called the hometown factor, which this obviously doesn't account for all the viewership in the NHL, but definitely does play a role where when the hometown team is doing very well and going far in the playoffs and winning championships, there is more of a, um, I don't know how to say this more attention being paid by the average person living in that city. So I'll use the Bruins. For example, the Bruins won the Stanley cup in 2011. The next year, um, hockey registrations, youth hockey registrations in the state of Massachusetts skyrocketed the next year because kids wanted to play hockey. The local team had just won the Stanley cup. They, they wanted to be a hockey player too. Same thing with the Patriots when the Patriots were on there, you know, specifically in the years 2014 to like 2019 yeah. youth football registrations in Massachusetts and popularity of just, you know, recreational local football was on the rise because the Patriots were doing very well. The Celtics ha were, have been in a championship lull for 13 years now, uh, 12 years, because they haven't technically lost this year's championship basketball in the state of Massachusetts has been declining in popularity just within the state, just within, you know, registrations and kids that, you know, who are playing basketball, popularity of the sport, athletes that were pumping out to play basketball at the next level. And this could too just be like a sign of the climate, but we're pumping out a hell of a lot more hockey players than we are basketball players. Yet basketball is still seen as a more popular sport than hockey in the country. Yeah. So you'd think that, if basketball were far more, let's, let's say football, let's say football is the number one sport in America and it is the number one major sports league in America, the NFL, then why are a lot of these States not pumping out any football players and they're pumping out hockey players instead, they're pumping out baseball players instead. It's a very interesting thing that's going on yeah. where the popularity at the at the major uh, the professional level isn't necessarily correlating to the popularity at the youth level or the high school level or the collegiate level right yeah, here's would, the thing with that too like when you think about it you know why would you want to play a sport that isn't baseball like th think about it from a purely monetary standpoint and like body right body and mo money that's what we're thinking about right now yeah. NBA players get non-contact injuries like it's nothing, right? Achilles, ACL, whatever. Their contracts are fully guaranteed, but, you know, the travel, whatever. 
NHL is brutal. I mean, we hear a story about a guy with a punctured lung playing through the playoffs every single year. Those contracts are like mostly guaranteed, but it's just so unbelievably taxing on your body. Why would you want to play that sport professionally? And the NFL, concussions, concussions, concussions. All we're hearing about recently is CTE, right? Like that's something that's definitely dropping the numbers of youth participation. What's the one sport where big injuries? Well, yeah. yeah you know, <laughs> what is the one Some sport injuries. where injuries are absolutely Game not a factor and you get paid esports? We're bringing it back. No. <laughs> what's the one big professional sport where your contract is fully guaranteed and your risk of major injury is pretty small? I mean, you have the odd one here and there with the oddball, like fastball to the head or like the weird Prince Fielder neck thing that happened. But baseball is by far the safest professional sport from both a contract size and guarantee standpoint and a future body standpoint how many mlb players do you think are walking around with severe body pain 10 15 years after they're done playing so the game of baseball itself is also just the least physically taxing Yes, that's that's the point that I'm trying to make here is that it's, yeah, it is yeah. the least. But that's the point of a the guy, a, a guy like a guy like, like Prince Fielder can be just as good as a guy like Aaron Judge and Aaron Judge probably works out five times more than Prince Fielder ever did in his career. Absolutely. And there, there's, you know, and that's not, I'm not trying to say that baseball is like the easiest of the four major sports. That's not a conversation that I'd like to get into. I mean, personally, it's hockey, but whatever. Um but You're just so wrong. How, how is hockey not the hardest? It's the physicality of football. Wait, wait, wait. The way the way you worded that was just wrong. I think you what? said it was the. You just yeah, said I thought you just said it was the easiest. Oh no 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 no! I think you, I, you I, just said I don't want to talk about how baseball is the easiest sport. I think it's hockey, by the way. Or yeah. Yeah, that's you, what you said basically. Yeah. Yeah. It is what I said. <laughs> it's called it. No, I meant to. I meant to. Yeah, I mean, it's from from the naked eye, it's the only sport that's that's played on a, a different gaseous state of um, right. water. Like, yeah, and no, like hockey, hockey by far. That's the thing with hockey is it's the physicality of football. It's the conditioning of basketball, the hand-eye coordination of baseball. And oh, by the way, you're on skates. You're on skates. Exactly. Like it's crazy. It's unbelievable. And by, by, the, far, oh, oh, by the way, is, um, it's full speed. It never stops. There is no. And, and you're using this little rubber disc right, thing that yeah, slides yeah. on ice and guarding the really small goal that you have to put that little disc in with your stick yeah. uh, is a big man in every pad in the world imaginable uh, and <laughs> oven mitts on his hands. Yes. Yeah, it's absolutely the most difficult sport. Absolutely. Right. No question about it. You know, that's, that wasn't the debate I was trying to, but my point yeah, was yeah, like, good. Financial being for being both physically and financially stable for the long run. Why wouldn't you want to be a professional baseball player? There's no reason not to be. We've talked about this before too, but, and I want to wrap up because we're approaching two hours, but I will just say this. Two hours on the call. We stayed on here for like half an hour before we started. Um, uh, we, we've mentioned this on like podcasts long, long before, uh, when long gone summer came out, I do think the steroid era in baseball is having a, now an effect on the popularity of the game today. Yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, yeah, I think it, it steroid era baseball. And all of a sudden, right. all the old heads were like, "Oh, it's cheating. We shouldn't be, you know, helping this well, happen." And then it dipped again. 
Well, you shouldn't be doing steroids, but um, it's not good for you. But like the idea of like all cheating, the- um, <laughs> it's not good for you. It's also cheating. Like let's just throw that out there. It's like against the rules, and it like makes you a better player. No, you can't tell me that taking steroids is not cheating. It is. Um, <laughs> it, it by definition is cheating. Yeah. Um, but I think the steroid era in baseball produced such good baseball. Yes. That today's game is kind of a disappointment. Um, Which is why they tried to juice the balls and then they had to bring them back. Right. They started, And it should just tell you that, like, the amount of changes that the MLB is going through to try and, you know, grow the game as is how is how Manfred always says it. He always says, grow the game, grow the game. I think that's just indicative of them struggling with popularity. I think that it's it was a steep drop off. After the year, when did um, when did Barry Bonds testify in front of Congress with McGuire? 2008, maybe. It was around the time that the stock market collapsed. 2008, I think once players started getting caught using steroids, then whew, there went baseball's novelty. And the game took a steep drop off after that. Because can you think of a time unattached to being to your team for Michael and I, the Red Sox and for you, Seth, the Mets, where like there was like a moment in baseball that was like an all time sports moment. Like, yes. After 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 like 2010, let's say. After 2010, Uh, no, because if if you open it up and like 2001 is probably the most amazing moment in sports, like it's at like, how do you top? the Mike Piazza home run in the first home game back after 9-11. Like, there's just no... When, when George Bush threw the first pitch out, I think, would top that. I thought that's what you were going to say. No, yeah, same, George Bush throwing out a first pitch is not nearly as significant as... Yeah, but you're also being biased. Like, well, well, yes, you are being biased, and also it is nearly as significant but because you're being it's biased Mike Piazza versus first the pitch? president of the United States it's who first pitch. Could, have been, could have been assassinated, was wearing a bulletproof vest under his and throws a perfect strike in New York in the playoffs un- unmatched. It was more significant. The, the, the Shea Stadium one is more significant because they started using Shea Stadium as a hub to get supplies to people who were I'm, uh, Right, but it's not more significant than George Bush's. It is. That's why it's more significant. The, the number one reason why it's not is because if you ask people what they remember from MLB after 9-11, 95% of them are going to say George Bush throwing out the There's first no pitch. way. I didn't even know Mike Piazza hit a home run until you commented that on the post this year. I How? honestly had no idea. And I think I know my fair share of sports moments. That doesn't make any sense to me. It's a first it pitch that has nothing to do with the game. or it's But it's a moment. moment it's a moment. It was such a, a gratifying moment. moment. It's not a moment. Okay. It, but it is a moment. Like, it is. <laughs> I mean, sure, if you want to use, like, the okay. dictionary. After the, after the Boston Marathon bombings, the, the national anthem at the Bruins-Sabers game, technically not a part of the game, but that was a huge moment. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I just, like, the Piazza home run is definitely significant. Like, it definitely had an impact, and that's, like, a, a big moment. But the the Bush first pitch beats it out for sure. No, because the, the there's a 30 game, thir- there's a 30 for 30 about one and there's not a 30 for 30 about the other. And I think you can guess which one is the 30 for 30. Well, based on you bringing it up, I imagine that's, you know, 
it's the Bush one, but it, yeah. it's just, it was, it's one of those things where it's like the whole game, it's a 30 for 30 short, dude, not a 30 for 30. Oh, for fuck dude. off, Seth. <laughs> so what? <laughs> Koji Uohara struck out Matt Carpenter. I, <laughs> I was, that was at that game. That was pretty important. I was there, baby, night before Halloween in 2013. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm trying to break up the well, tension. That was. That was big. There is no tension. Seth is my best friend. Um <laughs> Wow. I'm just kidding. We're all best friends. But I know, uh I but uh but no, I mean we can sit here and argue about which was more significant all day. But back to the original point. After 2010, was there any moment that even holds a candle to an MLB moment that happened prior to 2010? I, I'm, I'm really want, I'm trying to think. I feel like I've been trying to think, and I just don't. I mean, I mean there's ones that I know as a the, baseball the, fan. The only significant one that I can think of of like every single time I watch it happen, I get goosebumps. Is the D Gordon leadoff yep. home run after exactly Jose Fernandez died? That's a big. That is moment. the, I also that is the only that's, one. But I don't such want to be a baseball fan to know that. Right. Yeah, that's, that's such a niche one. Where I don't want to like, like, dampen that, but that's also like a sign of like the moment, you know? Yeah. Yes. Like that, like that has nothing like, and I think ours kind of are the sign of the moment too. I think when I think Maybe about Derek baseball, last hit, I don't know. Yeah. Off yeah kind of I, I think like probably one of the biggest headlines in baseball of the 21st century was the Red Sox reversing the curse. Yeah. And it, the, you could say that that's a biased statement, but I really don't think it is. No, it, I that really isn't. don't think that there's a moment in the game that was bigger than that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I think that was so significant. Right. And, and in the game, just, just it being a product of a baseball game, I don't think that anything after 2010 has been bigger. But I think in other sports, there have been. That's that's the gist of it. And that's also where I'm going to leave off for tonight, because I think we are close to two hours. I need to use the bathroom and my parents are texting me, telling me that I need to be quiet and go to bed. So so this has been episode 64. Michael, thank you so much for joining the show. We're going to need to have you back soon. I would love to be back. And up all night. We'll be back hopefully this week with another episode of this weekend. We'll see. But yeah. Uh, Seth and I will be back as always on the next review. Hopefully Carp, we hope Carp will return at some point. Um, and keep an eye out on the Instagram and the TikTok for everything that we post. March Madness Simulation starts later this week. Our website, once I finish coding it myself, will also be launched soon. So yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye now. That's if you're still living And get on down to that old jig rhythm Here's a couple of jewels to help you get through your bit in prison A ribbon in the sky, keep your head high, high Young Vito, voice of the young people Mouthpiece for hustlers, I'm back, motherfuckers Your reign on the top was shorter than leprechauns You can't fuck with hoes, what type of ex you on? I got great lawyers for cops, so dress more